Eat Yourself Better podcast is brought to you by BeFit Food, where food is the first medicine. back dr ben r health matters making health matter on the mornington peninsula our next guest kate save from bfit foods is coming to talk to us about a pretty hot topic uh, it's a topic we hear a lot about but maybe not enough about uh, and it's the topic of alcohol kate welcome to the show Thanks, Ben. This is one of my favourite topics, particularly at this time of year where the weather's been good, I think. <laughs> yes, yes. It seems to be this time of year, into December and January. Uh, and then, of course, we hit February and there's always the talk about the Feb fast. And um, it's not necessarily fasting from food, but it's fasting from alcohol. Tell us, alcohol, is it, is it an issue? Oh, well, it depends on... Let's talk about the good first. I guess everyone likes to think that, um, you know, there's benefits to alcohol and there certainly is from your first couple of mouthfuls of your glass of Pinot Noir or Shiraz or whatever red grape variety you enjoy. And there's some social benefits as well and um, we all need that social interaction at the moment. However, going beyond one serve of alcohol more than a couple of times a week, it's starts to really have some negative health effects and not just on physical health but mental health, emotional health and social health as well. Did you just say more than one standard drink uh, a couple of times a week? We that's can... right. Wow. So that's yes. two drinks a week. Realistically, depending on the size of the person and the, everything else that's mm. going on in their lifestyle, you know, the government recommends one to two drinks, no more than sort of three to four times a week. However, the majority of the Australian population is already battling the COVID kilos or excess weight for some reason. So 70% of the Australian population are overweight and obese. And alcohol not only contributes unnecessary calories, it plays a much, much more complicated role in weight management and chronic health conditions. Wow. Uh, two standard drinks a week. Now, uh, listeners out there, if you're having more than two standard drinks a week, which I would say there are probably a lot of people having more than two standard drinks a week, Kate, uh, what, what's, the, what's the consequence you know, you know, this show is all about health matters and it's about moving towards health. But what what are some of the consequences we need to be aware of? And of course, uh, what are the consequences on weight? I mean, how many drinks do make a difference to our weight? Are you saying three, four, five drinks a week would make a difference to our weight gain? Look, the, the big thing here really is understanding the impact that it has on our metabolism. So that first drink if you don't have a surplus of calories on board and perhaps you have a really healthy lifestyle and maybe you're not trying to reduce weight, probably won't have too much of a negative effect. But if you are trying to reduce weight and you've got more calories on board already for the day than you need, what really happens is because alcohol is a poison, our body is so clever that it knows that it's a poison. 
we've actually developed an enzyme specifically to digest this poison called alcohol dehydrogenase in our livers. Now, different people have different amounts of this enzyme and hence why some people can tolerate more or less alcohol than other people when it comes to how they feel when they have alcohol and obviously their blood their blood volume is dependent on the size of the person and all, the, all these other factors. But every single individual, once they have alcohol in their bloodstream, their liver actually switches off burning carbohydrates, fat and protein as an energy source and switches to burning alcohol. So what that tends to mean is when people have finished well, they've had their drink, but they're consuming food at the same time, or perhaps they've finished drinking and then they're consuming food, we can't access those calories or burn off those calories until all the alcohol in our system is completely burnt burnt off because our body's so smart that it's pausing the burning of any other calories than the calories of alcohol because the alcohol's a poison. We need to get it out of the system. Otherwise, we're constantly intoxicated if we don't prioritise it as the number one thing to burn off in order of metabolism. So that can really trick people when they're thinking about how much alcohol they can have and still lose weight because it's not the calories always in alcohol that's the issue. It's how it pauses our body from being able to metabolise even our own body fat stores from being burnt off whilst it's in our system. Wow. That is super interesting. So that it's not the calories in the alcohol but it's that the alcohol stops us burning any other calories we're having. So if we have a, uh, a couple of pots and a palmer and chips, we're really in trouble. We are, yeah. And, and look, that's where that compensation theory that I've mentioned in a couple of episodes or even fasting, intermittent fasting, is quite useful because those couple of pots might take someone, oh, you know, if they're 150 calories for a regular sort of, beer and you're having a couple of those and you're not doing any physical activity, then it might take a couple of hours to burn them off. Then you need to start, like, undo that damage from the alcohol and burning off those calories and getting that out of the system. And then you start on the palmer and the chips. So those calories are going to last well throughout the night, more, more often than not. And it depends on what other calories were taken in throughout the day and what other beverages as well, if there was anything outside of water. And your body may not have burnt everything off by the time you next eat again, which means you've tucked away some calories in some body fat stores for later on. And the more often you do this, the more body fat stores you're sort of tucking away for a rainy day. And if that day doesn't come where there, where there is less food or you're fasting, then this is why we gradually put on weight every single year. Mm. You know what I also love, Kate, is that you've done a little sneaky reframe and you've caused uh, called alcohol poison. I like, I like how you've just attached that label there to alcohol. Tell us a little. I just like to just explore that just a little bit around this idea that alcohol is poison to the body. It absolutely is. It, it's pure poison, and that's why the body has a reason or it has an enzyme to clear it at a priority to any other calorie because. If it was allowed to build up in our system and we couldn't prioritise burning it off, then we would die from alcohol poisoning because we'd never burn it off. We'd just keep topping it up, if that makes sense. And, I mean, that level for alcohol poisoning varies in different individuals, but there's, there's definitely sort of a you know very fixed number where it becomes a very high risk in the bloodstream. And beyond that point, you die. You die of alcohol poisoning. So 
it's a poison that in small amounts and small doses we're able to detox out of the body and clear. But if you're having really large doses and you're having that really regularly, you're upsetting your metabolism's ability to be able to clear that. But more more importantly, to be able to clear other nutrients and let the metabolism do what it's supposed to do and, you know, burn carbohydrates, fats, proteins and actually function to repair the human body rather than pause and focus on clearing the poison. Mm. So is there a... Uh, is there... What's the word? A hack that people, mm. a, a tip or a trick that you would have for people that that may have the occasional social drink, and yeah. but they want to do it well. They they want to still look after their health. Now, as you've recognised, alcohol is a poison. No matter how we want to, you know, pitch it, frame it, it is a poison. How do how do we do well if we still choose to have a drink? Look, the easiest way is to think about compensation. For every drink that you have, just be conscious that you're pausing metabolism and how are you going to compensate for that later on? So are you having less calories that evening, less calories the next day? Are you fasting for an extended period of time? So if you have a couple of drinks out with a dinner one night, then it would very, be very easy to sort of fast until midday the next day and have you know, a 12 or 16-hour fast to let the body clear that excess calories. And I guess for people like yourself that like to cycle or um, have a bit of a you know an exercise endurance routine, then it might be getting up and actually exercising on an empty stomach and using that workout to compensate for those extra calories without putting calories in first, which it means you can have fluids and water, you can have black coffee, black tea, those sorts of things. But it will help the body go into that fasting space and start to burn off some of that stored energy. Mm. If we uh, if we were to drink any sort of alcohol and there was a choice mm. around what we would drink, is there again poison is poison? But if we were to pick our poison, which would which is the better one from a nutritionalist point of view? Is okay. there a better one? Yeah, I would say. I always think about no matter what it is that I eat, is there any nutritional benefit to this whatsoever? And it doesn't mean that I don't eat the occasional hot chips or bits and pieces, but everything we eat can contain some sort of benefit to the body. So I I like red wine for the reason that it does have the polyphenol, but are really actually cardioprotective as well. So there is some benefit in small amounts of red wine. Now, if you're someone who drinks spirits, then... The best way to have your spirits is to have them with soda water. Don't have them with a, a mixer that contains any sugar or any calories. And then that way you're doing sort of less damage. And look, some people like to have their, you know, their spirits neat. But the risk with that is maybe you drink too much because, you know, if you're not sticking extremely slowly, maybe you're going to get through that drink a little bit quicker. Mm. Kate, I can't believe that you would have hot chips. Can't believe it! Can't believe oh, it! I, I love a hot chip, but um, now yeah, we do place for it. <laughs> we do now. We do love a hot chip when we are having alcohol. What is with that? Why do we get the get the munchies? Why do we tend to, uh, if we've had a few drinks, we tend to turn to the the foods that absolutely we shouldn't be turning to when we've had a few drinks. And that is probably the biggest trick of alcohol. So we may intend on compensating for it, but the alcohol itself, because it changes. 
um, our brain chemistry and really reduces our inhibitions, we actually feel like more carbohydrate-based foods and we feel like foods that give us that mood lift in the brain. So hot chips really fill that spot or carby foods really fill that spot. So um, that sweet sensation is really giving the brain a bit of a lift, particularly if you've got a hangover and you're feeling crap. You want to be able to lift your mental state and carbohydrates do that short term, but long term you've got to burn them off at some point. So reducing our inhibitions gives us this sort of weakness to um, you know, follow those cravings and probably be less resistance in um, you know, being able to say no or mm. to stop at 10 chips or something like that. You might go for the whole bucket. I'm getting flashbacks of the uni days and a big night out on the town and uh, heading to <laughs> Lambs, Lambs Suvlaki in Chapel Street. Yes, uh, yes. Oh, gee, they were good. Yes, gee, they were they good. Were. Yes. Um, <clears throat> Kate, uh, Febfast, yes. or the March version or the April version, whatever they may be called, uh, are they a good idea? Look, at the, the best thing about doing Feb Fast or, a, you know, Dry July, Sober October is that once you go without something for a significant amount of time, you perhaps can actually change your patterns or habits or behaviours and need that less. So it works differently for different people. Look, that all or nothing mentality can often lead to people having a binge afterwards and going straight back into bad habits. But for a vast majority of people, when they realise they can go to social events and not drink, they can go through an entire weekend and not drink, they start to change their lifestyle and their activities. They may be waking up earlier in the morning. They might find themselves at home doing more because they're not laying on the couch feeling sorry for themselves. So I actually think they're a really good idea. And, you know, some people will binge afterwards and, you know, it's really past that benefit you're sort of weighing out. But actually giving yourself a month off alcohol to do behaviour changes that might be lifelong is really, really important. And when they reintroduce alcohol, if you can reintroduce less or a lower frequency, then there's certainly a benefit. Kate, fantastic. Just a great topic, a tricky topic. Uh, I think some really, really good tips there for our listeners uh, and something to think about. I know we're already uh, a week into February, but hey, why not wrap up February with maybe uh, a Feb fast from alcohol? Kate Save from BeFit Foods, thank you so much for being on the show. As always, uh, great information, a wealth of knowledge. Have an amazing rest of the day, and we'll look forward to catching up with you next week. Thank you. Bye. Bye. Eat Yourself Better podcast is brought to you by BeFit Food, where food is the first medicine.